You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be giving what should be our second-to-last preview of the latest Bracketology projections. Also going to be talking about the SEC tournament and maybe what we can expect from the Wildcats later on this week. We are going to do a uh, prediction of the SEC tournament bracket. We won't be doing that today, but we will be doing that later on this week. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, now is the time to subscribe to the show. Got a lot of things coming up for Kentucky basketball in the next week. We are still trying to get on board. A potential interview could be the biggest one in the history of this podcast, at least for me. So make sure you stay tuned for that as well. Should be coming here in a couple of days. So let's go ahead and get into it. The latest bracketology projections from Joe Lenardi and Jerry Palm. Uh, As I understand it, there are somewhere between 40 and 50 Websites out there that project uh, the NCAA tournament project different things, not necessarily like, okay, here's the bracket, but like, here's where this team is going to fall seed wise. It doesn't project regions. It just kind of says, here's the odds of this team making the postseason. And there's a bunch of different numbers, yada, yada. Anyway, point being CBS, ESPN are are two of the few that actually go out there and give you a, an entire, an entire bracket prediction And we've been following this for weeks, right, since it's become relevant to the Wildcats, since they've kind of taken that midseason dip. um, We've kind of discussed, okay, where does Kentucky fall? And for a good period of time there, Kentucky was not in the field. And now they've finally climbed their way back into this tournament. And with a few wins here to close out the season late that were very, very solid pickups, a couple of previous wins turning into Quadrant 1 victories, Kentucky has gotten all the way up to a 6 or a 7 seed, depending on where you look. So, in Joe Lenardi's latest ESPN Bracketology, he had, well, last week he had Kentucky as a 7 seed. This year, or excuse me, this week, he has Kentucky as a 7 seed as well in the South region, uh, playing West Virginia uh, 10 seed. Uh, Bob Huggins and his squad have been playing desperate basketball as of late. Uh, got a couple really solid wins on their resume, and you know what? That would be a tough matchup, especially with the way that West Virginia likes to kind of push the pace offensively, which is something that I don't think I would normally say about them. Uh, they used to be a really solid defensive team. I'm not quite sure where they're at this season. But anyway, point being, that would be in Columbus. Be a good spot, I think, for for Big Blue Nation to travel up to. It would be in that south region with Alabama. And... I've said this, I think, a couple of times on shows recently. But if I'm Kentucky, I'm not looking to get up to a five seed, right? I'm not looking to get up to a four seed. I'm just not for a couple of reasons. Number one is Alabama or Kansas or UCLA or Houston, quite literally, number one. If I'm the Wildcats and I've played three of these teams already, and I lost to all three of them in varying degrees or varying fashion. 
the last thing that I want to do is fall down to an eight or a nine seed and have to play a team that's of similar caliber in the opening round. And I also don't want to have to, in the round of 32, immediately face off with that team. UCLA, great defense so far this year. Kansas, beat uh, Kentucky all around, got to the rim really easily. Alabama, just destroyed uh, the, the Wildcats in Tuscaloosa earlier this season. I would not want to play any of those three teams. If I had to choose, I would pick UCLA. But that's not looking like it's going to happen right now. And I honestly, if I can get you on the two line, if I'm Kentucky, I feel good about that. If I can get you to where I'm facing a two seed in the round of 32 or the Sweet 16, uh, then I think that would be great. The best thing, I think, for the Wildcats here is that sixth seed. If they can find a way to pick up a couple of wins in the SEC tournament, get back up to that sixth seed, I think that would be great. Because let's play this out. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and walk this through. Kentucky beats West Virginia, right? In this bracket, in this projection, Kentucky's playing Purdue in the round of 32. Who would have, assumedly, beaten Vermont? If they didn't, uh, it's a 15 seed, and I think most people are going to just cry and scream. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh my goodness, it's another 15 seed. Kind of joking. But Kentucky, at that point, playing Purdue, playing a team like Arizona or Baylor or Texas or, or somebody like that, you know, I would much rather kind of face them later on down the road based on the way Kentucky's playing basketball right now, at least just from my perspective. I kind of think that with their shortened rotation and their just their confidence, I think that they could probably beat a lot of teams that get that are just weathering the storm. Somebody like Purdue, you know, and I'm not saying that they're a bad team by any means. I'm just projecting out here. I'm just talking. I'm just kind of sharing thoughts. If Kentucky, instead of having to face Purdue right out of the gate after beating a 10 seed, who is going to be playing desperate, just as desperate as Kentucky is, why not play a 6 seed, play an 11 seed, right, out of the gate? Which would be great for the Wildcats because in two of these regions, they would be playing a team that has already played a first, of four, uh, first four game. They have already faced a team that's coming in that's a little gassed. Now, you may say, Lance, what about UCLA a couple years ago? That's right. Those things do happen sometimes, right? I believe last year, actually, three 11 seeds won uh, their matchups against the sixth seed because Alabama went down. I can't remember who UCLA beat. Um, it might have been like St. Mary's or something weird like that. But anyway, I think as a sixth seed, you face off against a three seed, a team like Tennessee, right? a team like Marquette, and that's a team you can beat. That's a team you can beat flat out. And if somehow one of those three seats gets upset, you're playing a team like UC Irvine, you're playing Colgate, you're playing Toothpaste, and no disrespect to any of these teams, because Kentucky obviously is 21-10 and 10 for a reason. They lost 10 games for a reason. But like if, just, if you're looking at draw, I really like some of the options here. If Kentucky gets a couple of wins, and even if they don't, if they stay as a seven seed, I'm happy with playing Purdue or Arizona or Texas or Baylor over a team like Alabama or Houston. Full stop. Y'all may disagree with that. And if you want to disagree with that or tell me that, you know what, I, I think that makes sense. You can leave that in the YouTube comments, comments below as well. Uh, CBS has Kentucky currently also as a seven seed facing off against Boise State in the South region. They will be playing UConn. Uh, if they were to advance past uh, Kansas State, the two seed, uh, they would be playing UConn or Missouri or Hofstra 
or the 11 seed. Again, these are all teams that Kentucky could lose by 32 or they could win. They could beat those teams. Absolutely. After seeing the way they played again on Saturday, just completely shocking me, by the way. I thought that Kentucky was going to split the end of the season, go one and one. And they did go one and one, but they lost to the team that I thought that they would beat, not easily, but I thought that they would beat. And then they went on the road and just just torched Arkansas uh, from inside the arc. Just very surprising stuff there. But the Wildcats currently as the third best uh, seven seed and the latest bracketology from uh, from Jerry Palm, which is kind of surprising. But there you have it. Those That's the update. I think that Kentucky can definitely work their way up to that 6C line. I think that's probably the best spot for them, uh, at least for this season. Before we get to the SEC tournament and kind of talking through our thoughts on Kentucky's draw, which is also uh, pretty darn solid, by the way, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you have got to try Built Bar. Uh, what makes Built Bar so good, you may ask? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real Chocolate. The good thing about Built Bars is not only are they delicious and covered in chocolate and they have so many phenomenal flavors, but they're also really, really good for you. They have great macros, very healthy, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. These are some things things that you could maybe uh, take pre or post workout. I definitely think that they're better than uh, trying to load up on something sugary if you're trying to go for a late night snack or something like that. These things are absolutely phenomenal. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. So for years, we've been talking about uh, ordering your bars at Built.com. But now you can get them at Walmart or Sam's Club. If you go to Walmart, you can get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're near Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. They also have things like peanut butter brownie, uh, coconut almond, salted caramel, and uh, cookies and cream are both two of my favorites personally. So if you don't want to get them at Built.com, you can always get them at Walmart or Sam's Club. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky Lance Dahl, hanging out here with you. So the SEC tournament has been set, and I do think that the Wildcats have a very solid draw. That's if they can get past their first game. Assumedly, it's going to be the Vanderbilt Commodores. So the way the bracket sets up this year, the number one seed is Alabama. The number four seed is Missouri. Kind of surprised that that's the way that that ended between Auburn, Arkansas, or excuse me, Auburn, Tennessee, Missouri, and uh, and, and Vanderbilt there uh, with Missouri taking that four spot. But you've got Alabama, Missouri. You've got Texas A&M at your two seed. You've got Kentucky as the three seed. They locked it in, finishing 12-6 and six in conference play. With a win over Arkansas, again, just shocked by the way that that one played out, especially with the fact that Nick Smith is back uh, for them. But if you do face Vanderbilt in the first round of the tournament, there may be some concerns for a couple of reasons. Number one, Vanderbilt just beat you without their best player. And part of it was Kentucky's doing. Part of it was them shooting themselves in the foot. You can't take... 30 mid-range jump shots, you, you, you can't. Like, if you expect to win a game, you can't do that. And if we get to March and Kentucky loses by two in a, a Sweet 16 around a 32 game with a great game setting up for them, like after, and you take that many mid-range jumpers, I, I'm, I there's nothing I can say other than you expected to lose. You played to lose. So hopefully Kentucky doesn't do that again. 
But if Vanderbilt does not defeat their first round or second round game, which would be either LSU or Georgia, I mean, that's also a team in Georgia or LSU that Kentucky either lost to this year or beat by three. It took it took a heroic effort against the the Tigers at home at Rupp to uh, to get a win over them, and then against Georgia. I mean that was that was a that was a split series this year. So your first round game is against a team that you probably won't feel comfortable playing, but once you get past that, I think that Kentucky has got some opportunity. They beat Texas A and M with a solid effort that was not particularly. I think great when it comes to shooting percentages uh, against the Aggies earlier this year. This will be at a neutral site, but we all know there's going to be a bunch of Kentucky fans in Nashville. If you don't play A&M as the two seed, you'll play Arkansas or Auburn. Uh, again, we saw what happened against Auburn. Uh, Arkansas, we just saw what happens happen against them for the Wildcats. So once you get past that first round game, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you're a lock for the SEC championship game. I'm just saying, like, the fact that we don't have to play Bam out the gate is great. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Kentucky's not the four and they're the three, they secured that dub against the Razorbacks, and they got in a comfortable spot. That is great. That is phenomenal. So, again, you beat Vandy, and you feel good. I'll say that. You feel good about your odds. Missouri would end up playing likely Tennessee in the quarterfinals, by the way. Ole Miss and South Carolina are the 12 and the 13 seeds playing in the first round. Winner of that game plays the Vols. Winner of that game plays Missouri. Mississippi State and Florida are the two teams that will be playing, potentially playing Alabama in the quarterfinals. In case you don't know, quarterfinals on Friday. So the Wildcats do get a couple of days here to kind of figure out Case and Wallace's health uh, and his status. By the way, just want to point out, uh, if we're talking about these individual teams playing with like their best or worst players or some of these guys being injured, Kentucky is now down Severe Wheeler and Cason Wallace. They're two point guards. They out. And C.J. Frederick is not your one. He's not fully healthy yet. Antonio Reeves has had to run point. And boy, howdy, has he looked good. I mean, he has just looked phenomenal. So, I mean, yeah, somebody has the opportunity to take out Alabama before Kentucky gets to them, if Kentucky gets to them. I'm not saying it's going to happen definitively. We'll see what my bracket projection is uh, maybe on Wednesday. But, yeah, this is, a, this is a fun draw. I like this. This is a, an interesting draw. I don't think Kentucky, I don't want to sit here and say, I'm, I'm thinking Kentucky's just going to blow everybody out of the water. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I like the draw as opposed to a four seed. It's very difficult to beat a team like Tennessee three times, right? It's very difficult to beat a team like Alabama once. So getting as far away from all of that as possible and playing some games you can win first before you get to the title game, I think that's great. One thing I want to note here, Bart Torvik has this thing called Team Cast. Uh, in case you don't know, Bart Tor- Torvik, very similar to Ken Palm and the fact that they kind of do like these analytical projections of things. And if you run through this team cast, which allows you to project and rearrange wins and losses, if you if you would like to preview some of these numbers here to kind of see, okay, if Kentucky wins X, Y, or Z game, where do they find themselves? Currently, according to Torvik, Kentucky's a five seed, which... 
I don't necessarily know if that's great. Uh, if Kentucky's a five seed right now, I also don't know if that's accurate. Uh, if that's truly where the Wildcats are going to land. I don't quite know if that's the case. But if they beat, beat Vanderbilt, if you plug in Vanderbilt as a post-game neutral site and you ask the thing to predict it, uh, it gives Kentucky a win and it slides Kentucky up to the four-seed uh, four line. Which shocks me. I don't necessarily know if that's... Because I've trusted Torvik for this entire season. I've kind of been going back and forth with different things. But man... Uh, that's some some high praise, and I'm I'm curious to see. Hey, if Kentucky wins the SEC tournament, where do they land? We'll probably be talking about that over the next couple of days. The final thing I want to get to here that we may dive into a little bit more on tomorrow's show are the postseason awards for the SEC. They've got all SEC teams out, and I just want to run through the couple of Kentucky players that you have on here. So, for the co-six man of the year, you've got Antonio Reeves. Obviously, I think Reeves has been in and out of the starting lineup, but it's been just very, very valuable uh, for this Wildcats team down the stretch. He shared that uh, award with Javon Quinterly of Alabama. Uh, SEC Coaches of the Year, uh, normally it's just one, but they've got Co here and Buzz Williams and Jerry Stackhouse. Kind of surprised Nate Oates isn't there, but you know what? Brandon Miller did get Player of the Year, had a killer season. Uh, freshman of the year as well. A defensive player of the year is Liam Robbins of Vandy. And then the first team, all SEC, Brandon Miller, Colin Castleton, and Kentucky's Oscar Shibway, Tolu Smith, Missouri's Kobe Brown, Tennessee's Santiago Vescovi, Texas A&M's Wade Taylor, and Vanderbilt's Liam Robbins made the first team. A very solid uh, into the season for him. Second team, no, uh, no Wildcats there. No Aggie, or excuse me, no Wildcats on the all-defensive team as well. And then the all-freshman team had Chris Livingston and Kaysen Wallace, as well as three players from Bama, Anthony Black of Arkansas, Riley, Riley Kugel uh, from Florida, Julian Phillips from Tennessee, and then Gregory Jackson II from South Carolina. So those are all the, war, the awards. You can probably check those out over at secsports.com. Going to be having a lot of thoughts about the SEC tournament coming up here over the next few days. Again, make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss anything coming up. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And God bless.